Yo, what up, though? This is Esham, and you rocking with the Connected Experience. Yo, what up, though, man? This is Big Greg, and you rocking with the Connected Experience. This is Premier Pete, and you're rocking with the Connected Experience. Chill. Oh, yeah, this is Jake Prince coming at you live and in living color, and you rocking with the Connect Experience. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's comedian TK Kirkland, a.k.a. T to the motherfucking K. And when I'm in Detroit, you already know what it is. I listen to the Connected Experience. You should, too. Connected. I'm SJ. I'm AJ. And we the Connected Experience. Bro, what's the Connected Experience? The lifestyle, a lifestyle, our, our lifestyle. Style. And that lifestyle has been actually training us great, man. We uh we still podcasting, we writing yeah. books, we working on animation. Uh, animation. We got a lot going on, man. And we was just sitting talking the other day. We have came a long way. A long way. I, I, we got so far to go though, man. Like yeah. this these are the worst times. These are the worst times. And these are not bad times at all, but these are the worst times. So what you got going on, brother? Man, you know, uh, I've been connected with people. I don't know if the world knows, but I've been looking to get into uh, the skill trades. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that's just to keep it, keep my hands fresh. So when we was little, we used to know how to do a lot, a lot with of our stuff. hands, yeah, man. You know man, what I'm saying? Yeah. From gardening, you can't lose that. Like, yeah, yeah I yeah. still can do that. I still can work the rotor tiller like it was 92 because that's yeah, when I started, I started yeah. at 10, and that was dangerous. But I love my grandfather. For teaching me that, yeah, you that was what I'm saying. That was but we were some farm dangerous. boys, like yeah. people, like we 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 really held a country. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you remember when uh, we was at that uh, barbecue over at mommy and daddy house, and it was like Uncle Riley, Uncle Matt, and some geese was flying over, and they went and got, got the, the gun guns. And yeah. shot that. I tell my wife that story. She was like, "What?" I was like, "Oh, you remember when Uncle Riley used to shoot the squirrels out his yeah. side window and eat them?" Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And this was like he lived in Detroit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I squirrel soup all the time. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. So you got a uh, you got a word. Uh, I do got a word. My word is author, and an author is a person who writes a novel, poem, essay, etc. The composer of a literary work. What about you? Do you have a word or a term? No, I have a person, and my person is Harper Lee. And Harper, her name is Nellie Harper Lee. She was born. April 28th, 1926, and she died February 19th, 2016. She was an American novelist best known for her 1960 novel, To Kill a Mockingbird. It won the 1961 Pulitzer, Pulitzer Prize and has become a classic modern America, uh, a classic modern American literary tale. She only published two books, but the actual truth is the second book that she published was the first draft of To Kill a Mockingbird. And To Kill a Mockingbird was actually a true story that happened that she was a part of. Like her dad. He was like either the, the judge. No, he wasn't the judge. He was the opposite. He was the defense attorney in this yeah. case. Like this, like this was to kill a mockingbird is something that you read at school, right. something that's in libraries and all of that. Right. And the reason I picked Harper Lee is because the impact that she had, you know what I'm saying? Like she yeah. had a big impact. And, you know, I believe that authors who have impacts are authors that that last. That, that last. You have to have an impact. And so they we actually last forever. Yeah, because this lady's gonna last forever. She won all type of awards. She got uh, honorary degrees that she wouldn't accept from places because she didn't go there. Like that's stand up, man. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I didn't go there. I don't even want this because I didn't go there. But she really only re- the uh, she. They said she wrote two books, but the second book was actually the first version of of To Kill a Mockingbird. So right before we get into uh, our guest today, because our guest today is an author, and that's why we had. Uh 
that is my word. I want to talk about DetroitTraining.com. Uh, right now, DetroitTraining.com, they're doing uh, walking orientations every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday at 10 a.m., located at 5151 Lorraine Street uh, near Grand River. And what they do is they assist you with getting jobs and things like that in masonry, welding, truck driving, heavy equipment, anything like that to make you make more money. You can text WORK to 77979 for hey. more info. And what if you wanted to call them? What number would you call uh, them? You on? can call 313-221-5876. Once again, that's DetroitTraining.com. Of course, like I said, I've been looking to get into the skilled trades. So I'm actually, after I'm more confident in what I do, right. I'm going to go down there, man. Because nothing's off the table. Because if you go me. down there Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday at 10 a.m. That's a walking orientation. That's a walking orientation, like on the spot. Like, and then if you're on Facebook, you can hit them up on Facebook and just let them know the Connected Experience sent you. Because uh, I got some partners that's in the skilled trade. And right now, we just don't want to get black men back to doing skill. Well, black people back to, to doing, doing skilled skill trades. Trade, you know Even I mean? if you just want to learn it like masonry. And we're not that's talking about land. the right. That's bricklaying. We're not talking about the organization of masonry, but masonry. All of this stuff is good to know. Something right, right, goes. Right. Something because I told you house. I want to be a plumber. So I want to be a plumber, and the reason I want to be a plumber is because I kept having plumbing issues. Yeah. So so I said if I learn to do this stuff myself, then I could do it myself. I don't got to spend these hundreds of dollars. Especially if something it, go wrong on a Saturday. Yeah. If something go wrong on a Saturday, you want to get an emergency plumber out. That's a, that's 150 for him to come to look. Saturday night. Oh. Oh, Saturday morning when you know it got to be fixed by Saturday night. Below 20 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, let me tell you what happened <laughs> That's what to happened. Me. That, that just happened to me. Look, I had a, a, a busted pipe because I live in a manufacturing home. So I had a busted pipe. And the pipe probably had been busted for like a week. And I used 14,000 gallons of water, bro. You didn't know where the main switch was? He didn't know it was busted. I didn't know it like was after. Uh, like after because I kept, uh, it, it was the hot water. So any my anytime I use a hot water, my hot water would get, uh, uh, so I thought it was a hot water tank. First of all, I did every, I did all the, I did all the proper precautions. Mm -hmm. That was just the last thing because it wasn't a constant leak. It was yeah. any time I wanted to use the hot water. Now, we're having this conversation. We're yeah, yeah, introducing. Yeah, y'all yeah, hearing that yeah, voice. Yeah, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's not you. It's us. You know what I'm saying? It's not so you. So introduce it's yourself us. to our audience. Hi, I am Sylvia Hubbard, and yes. I'm author of over 51 romance suspense novels. Okay, and I'm yeah. also founder of Motown Writers Network, longtime Detroiter, Cody Comic graduate. Well, okay, Cody. West Side. Yeah. West Side. Growing up, yeah, but I live East Side. Now, well, we got a lot of love on the west side because we're from Angster. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But I'll forgive you. I'll no, forgive no, no, we'll no, forgive you. you. <laughs> but one of my one of my like cousins that I'm with on a daily basis went to Cody, graduated yeah, from Cody, Cody. Yeah. Yeah. right yeah. off Plymouth, <laughs> right yeah. Yeah. Plymouth and Southfield. He done been to Cody picnics. Yeah, I go to Cody all class picnics. Yeah, so Cody, I guess hold a special place in my heart. Right, I guess it do. I guess it would. I done been to like five. Cody really? all time picnics just yeah. for being with my cousin every, every day. time I want to go they always I'm always out of town or I got a book signing or a conference and I'll be like oh come on y'all right 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 so you That's said so you bad. wrote over 51, <laughs> 51 romance and suspense now before we get into that 
how many series? Like, is it some that series that go with okay, each other? Okay, so there are series that go with each other. But what I do, I'm kind of like a lazy writer. So <laughs> if I wrote a lawyer in book two and I need that lawyer who does family law in book 10, then I'm bringing that lawyer back again into that book. Okay. They're all standalone stories. You can pretty much read each story by itself, but you have interconnected characters in this whole big world. Because that's how the world works. Yeah, that's how that's the world exactly works. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody you know when you were 10, you might meet again when you're 35. Right. So right. it's kind of cool yeah. because a lot of people want to know, well, did they have kids? Did the child live? Or are they still together? And there are some books where, you know, I wrote this huge romance, and but he broke up with her, you know, by book 29. And then they're yeah. like, what? He was a great guy. And it's like, Just because uh. they broke up, don't mean <laughs> he ain't no he great, guy. great of a guy. Like, wow. Like, okay, so let's talk about your adolescent life. You said you're from the West Side. Yes. And, uh, well, so what was your West Side experience like? It was interesting because both my parents were college majors. My mom was a teacher and she had like three masters. My dad was a chemist, Whoa. but we lived like, Whoa. we live right there on Greenfield. Wait, let's and not Plymouth. skip over that. Yeah, my dad Plymouth. was a chemist too, but it was more like cooking up. Crack. He was, you no, he was saying? a legit chemist <laughs> at BASF. So, so he was a legit chemist, a scientist. So, so basically, when did you discover like that you came from like, a line of geniuses like whose dad is a chemist like no like like real talk so when you at school and you know well it was funny because we'd go to a parent teacher conference and we would go to the science teacher he would tell this joke and every, we knew the ending of the joke but our friends would look at us stupid so it was like Johnny was a scientist but a scientist no more because what he thought was H2O was H2SO4 and he just cracked up and the teacher would crack up and we'd be like oh, okay it's funny okay it's funny that it's yeah, it's it's but it's like sulfuric acid it yeah. looks just like water, water right, so he's yeah. just drinking. So, and, yeah, that's why Johnny's and, not. Yeah, Johnny out of here. And these kids, they they the Johnnies. They gonna be drinking the. Uh, the they're gonna, yeah, they gonna be drinking it. Yo, daddy not a chemist. You know what I'm but saying? But it was kind of cool because growing up in the hood, like my mom had a thing where okay, you can be in the world, but you don't have to be a part of the world, and the right. world don't have to live in you. So yes, we can go out, you know, and talk slang with our friends, and we can just hey say all the words but soon as we get home i never remember saying ain't in my life past eight years old because i said at one time in the car my mom jumped three lanes and slapped me so got back on the freeway teacher? yeah she yeah. was an english a social <laughs> yeah. study science teacher um she taught most of the classes you know how because they bounce the kids they bounce yeah. the teachers around back there so she taught like all, almost everything at the school she was at chadsey yeah so yeah. yeah. So what was that rivalry like in the house, uh, uh, Cody and Chassie? Well, it was fine. I mean, she <laughs> wanted me to go to Chassie, but I wasn't going to go with my yeah, mama. Yeah, want to go to yeah, high school yeah, with, yeah, with my, my mom. And it sounded like she wanted the teachers everybody know and love. But she so, would yeah. show up at my school, too, in the middle of the day. I'd be like, what you just staring at the door for me? <laughs> hey, what's crazy is it's a lot you couldn't get away with because she right. knew the vacations she, yeah, and all she of that. Knew how to, yeah, she knew how to find us. She knew where we went to skip parties. She would show up we're like, dang, dang. Party told pooping. on us yeah. this time. So, seeing us, so like brothers and sisters, what did you have? Yeah, we have, well, in, all in all, right now, I have uh, nine brothers and sisters. Yeah. And um, just growing up, I mean, N my nine by a lot, by both parents? By both. Well, we have two of them are adopted, okay, um, so but yeah. the other ones are all biological. And where Whoa. do you fall in the line? I found in kind of like the middle of yeah. it. Um, between my parents, I am the youngest sister. Okay. My parents itself, and then they had kids. 
after us. So, yeah, if I, I'm, I'm the youngest sister, but yeah, growing up, it was when we were young, it was pretty much four girls and one boy. Yeah, my brother got it bad. We, we is he the to, oldest? Is he, no, is he, he is the baby. We tried to kill him man. several times, and it never Jump worked. Jump in him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But he can go get his sisters. Y'all better not mess yeah, with him. Yeah, we were pretty much on him, because nah. if he got beat up, we had to go and do his chores. So, yeah, we took care of him. So, with uh, 51 novels, <laughs> mm-hmm. are any of the characters based on family members? Like, you pulling personality from here? Well, here? usually when I when I build a character, I'm pulling personalities from different people. So it may be a fault here. It may be, you know, I like the way you laugh. I like the way you, you think. I like the way you talk. And I kind of make a, a soup person. of one person. So. But that good guy in the book, was he a scientist? <laughs> Actually, the scientist was the female. It was one of my, my last books. Uh, it's called Beautiful, and she was a DNA splicer. Okay. So, yeah, that was kind of fun to do because every job any one of my characters have, I have to learn how to do. So that's kind of cool. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, you so can write about it. I can write yeah, about it. I can describe it. Because a DNA yeah. splicer might be reading this and be like, this is not how yeah, we do it. Yeah, and it's pretty, it's really difficult because I have to learn how DNA splicing is, is no joke. Now, I'm going to tell you that, that right? Let's get into a quick <laughs> definition of that. Just because we're talking about well, it. Well, you take uh, DNA. You can actually break down DNA of one thing. And what she did was she could take, uh, say that you want an uh, Idaho potato, but you want to grow it in Michigan. Okay. So she would break down the, the DNA of an Idaho potato and then break it down so much that it it was able to grow in the soil of Michigan because we have different types of soil. Right. So if you wanted a Hawaiian potato, uh, Hawaiian, uh, pineapple she would be able to take it break it down and then change the dna slightly so it would wow, be that fooled crazy. and that it was more of a trying to feed the hunger and everything but someone ended up stealing her research because she was looking for beautiful in all the wrong places yeah that's not mm-hmm. like that's good that's not like a science fiction movie <laughs> Yeah. Have any of your novels been made in a stage play? No, well, we made a stage play of one. It was called Sweet Justice, and it was only because a friend, um, she was doing uh, a four-part play stage production where it had one scene. One of her script, one of her playwrights dropped out, and she came to me, and she was my best friend, and she was like, I need you. And she was like, just write something. And so I pulled the old story, and I was like, okay, I can make it into one scene. So it was kind of, it was like a suspense uh, romance, and people hadn't seen that because they were used to all the urban plays or the Christian plays. Yeah. I kill people. I'm yeah. like, whatever. Now, you keep saying <laughs> romance and suspense. Why okay. those two genres? Well, because... Are, are you a suspenseful romantic? <laughs> <laughs> well, I like I like to tell people I love my characters to fall in love, but I also like to kill people, too. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that wearing ring. Your husband might want to watch out for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounded, yeah, that sounded, sounded nuts. Yeah, that sounded I love you <laughs> enough <laughs> to kill you. Yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> She time. didn't say he didn't need to watch out. You know, yeah, yeah, she well, they're still asking about my first husband. So. Yeah. <laughs> we we the home of exclusives, but we don't know about that. Now let, let's talk about because uh, now that you own fifty one, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying. Let's go back to one. Okay. When you discovered like because I'm an author as well, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. So this is great author talk. You know what I'm saying. So when you discovered like I'm really about to buckle down, I'm really about to do this. Where were you at in your life? It was uh, the Y2K scare, and I was already a writer. Um, according to my mom, I could write, like, I was writing at 6 and 7 because I would lie to her, and then she would give me a whooping, 
And then I'd have to come back and write the lie down. And then she would give me another whooping. So basically she was teaching me storytelling because even in human nature, it's not the lie that hurts. It's the amount of deceit that you put into, into the, the lie, lie yeah. that hurts. So storytelling is... I was is- a master liar at one time. <laughs> like straight up. I understand what you're saying. Like right. So, some lies are little and then some lies take a lot of Right. Time take a lot energy. of work. And that's what hurts the most to the human heart. It's not even the lie because people are like, well, you could, how could you forgive him? after that but then what was the amount of the deceit that you put like, in damn man. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like everything is forgivable yeah I feel like everything is but forgivable. then um Not I was always a storyteller and I was always, oh, yeah. I was always <laughs> but I was always um telling stories and and doing it on paper I didn't lie a lot after that because you know, <laughs> that's a good tactic though that, that was a, I'm, I'm implementing that in my child uh, in my child okay. yeah. so yeah um, so at the Y2K bug I was like well I still hadn't published a book and I felt like as a parent um, I shouldn't tell my children to follow their dreams and their goals if I'm not doing the same thing because that's hypocritical. Yeah. And kids yeah. actually lead by follow right. By and in order for us, we have to realize that our kids are everything that's good about us. So in order to open up the the doors, the locked doors to get the keys to open them up, they have to see them in us. Yeah. We have to be those keys. And when they see us doing our thing, then they say, okay, well, I know I'm good and I can do everything they can do and even better. So I wanted to show my kids, you know, I'm going to follow my dreams and I'm going to follow my goals and I'm going to get a book published. So that's what I did. I, I sent my book off to a company and and I kind of like did it as a test and then to see if they would, you know, say, hey, this was a good book. Yeah. If this was a bad book, they sent back a published book. And I was like, hey, I'm an author. You know what I think about. Um, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So wait a minute. they yeah, what? sent it oh, back. Oh. Like, yeah, it was a literary service. And that's okay. when literary services in 2000, like, boomed. Like, they were just yeah. taking people's money and stuff. But they were doing it for free. And I didn't realize it. I was like, well, let's test it out. See if they come back and say. I thought they was going to come back. Well, you know, give so us 20000 you thought you were sending it to a publishing house or not you knew really. It was I a knew it was a literary service, service yeah. but I thought they were going to charge me. I didn't know yeah. they was going to just publish the book for free. And I was like, oh, my God. Did you maintain all the rights and stuff to that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I maintained all the rights and everything. But the only bad thing was that it cost too much to buy my book. So I learned a hard lesson, which is why I started up my organization of, you know, how to be the right kind of author that you want to be. So Right, right, right. So you get your so this is 2000. The world didn't blow up and uh you, you know what i'm right. saying because we we graduated in 2000 right oh so God. you know like that 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 uh december Basically, 31st yeah. yo everybody was on edge they was watching the the, the australian clock. new year yeah. uh the the the, the anguillan new year like to make sure ain't nothing i remember right. that basically the teachers was like because you know you got to get out of school right. okay we don't hopefully, know if we'll see, we'll see y'all again. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully we'll be back next year hopefully yeah, yeah. hopefully so and this is early so people like right now because okay so i'm a um uh, I'm an urban fantasy. Okay. I'm an urban fantasy mm-hmm. author. You know what I'm saying? And what I've noticed is, A, they don't think that people who write urban fantasies are black. And I'm Definitely. Gonna, I can tell by the reception because I published my book through Book Baby. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they upload it to the uh, Amazon and all that for you. Right. I am not in any category that says urban or African-American. Well, actually, you have to go back in to your Book Baby site. And then it's a metadata part. And then put in all the metadata that will... 
Yeah, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't know, but I know exactly what you're talking about. But like, mm-hmm. certain, I, I'm learning as I go. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But I had noticed that, and then I said, like, and I've been in the, uh, the Publishers Weekly did an announcement about okay. me and all okay, of that. Cool. I got an interview coming up in the Publishers Aww, Weekly too, and cool. you know what it is. So like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And um, when I go on Amazon, right. I see millions of black authors. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Good, bad, or indifferent. Some of the titles are out there. The yeah. book are, right. But then when I go on a Publishers Weekly, a Top Shelf magazine, or I go to all these award yeah, platforms, you don't see anything. So what I'm doing right now is I started this hashtag and this movement called Respect Urban Authors. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm doing that is because they, like... My cover and all of that, I could tell they don't know I'm black because of the professionalism that went into it. And a part of me don't like that. But a part of me also understands that. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? So if I got to be the face of it, I look like a nigga. I look like a rapper when Mm -hmm. you see me or something of that nature. Uh So you got to respect my pen because... I'm not writing the books that you think that I should be writing because I look like this. So that's what I'm pushing now. But in the early 2000s, publishing a book was more of a big deal. Because it wasn't as easy. It was not as easy, especially self-publishers were looked down as, you know, trash. low lives, yeah. trash, yeah, literally trash. trash. And um, even the traditional publishers just basically tried to push us out. It, it was crazy. And then it kind of took a turn when traditional authors started realizing that they should be we are getting more money of our, we're getting more of our royalties than they are we're selling just as many books but we're getting more money so traditional authors were like hey how are you doing that self-published thing and you yeah. know the same people who came to me and said that no one would would like read me are the same people would turn around and say well tell me a little bit about how you self-publish your book and I was like I'm glad my mama raised me Christian because because I'll tell you where you could go. Yeah, you should. You still should have. That, that Jesus would have told him. Uh, so what was the name of this first book? So my first book was called Dreams of Reality. And it was basically about a woman who uh, was having side effects from the medicine her, her doctor was giving her. Come to find out it was he was doing an illegal drug experiment on low poverty and on women in poverty. They were like doing they a do. huge. Yeah. So it was kind of like she would go to her doctor and say, hey, I'm having these symptoms. And he'd be like, oh, that's just side effects. But basically she found out it was mind-controlling drugs they were submitting to women through their estrogen and uh, birth pills, birth control pills. This is such a true story. What made you write that? Uh, Because I was pregnant with my daughter and I was having a lot of side effects. And he was saying the same thing to the point I had to get another doctor to find out I was high risk and I had uh, I had turned into an anemia. Um, And I was just telling him like I was having all these symptoms and he's like, oh, no, it's just a pregnancy. And I was like, no, this is not the pregnancy. This is like it's a full body experience. You know, usually it goes, you know, the pregnancy is down here, not up here. You know, And he's like, oh, it's just pregnancy. And they just kept blowing it off and blowing it off till I went to another doctor. And he told me, well, you've now turned into you're anemic and you have uh, all these other symptoms of other things that we have to be careful that you don't die, you know, before having the baby so I mean my mom always said closed mouths don't get fed and most times when you're going to the doctor they don't know you they know how to do you know how to they know what's on that piece of paper yeah they know how to guess they know what's in the books but yeah they're just practicing and they're just saying okay well let's see if this works let's see if this works so you know I just started opening up my mouth to find out what's going on and that was kind of like why I wrote the book like I wanted women to say 
hey, this is going on with me and speak up because it's your body. Okay, right. so you published the first book mm-hmm. and then you just don't stop. Like, was it because you I did like, stop because I got depressed because okay. you think that everyone has that field of dreams. You know, you publish it and everybody just be knocking at your door and, you know, That's a Oprah Killer Mockingbird situation. You, yes, everybody be calling you <laughs> well, up. Oprah be like, girl, like yeah. yeah, girl, come sit on my couch. You know, you yeah. want Oprah to be calling you and say, yeah. hey. And it didn't happen. And then the other thing, the factor that was going on was because I was a single mom of three. And the government will tell you you got to feed these people all the time. So, <laughs> so I had a choice, either buy my books or feed my kids. So it became to the point of like I had a product and I could not sell it. And back right, in 2000. Right. And there was no ebooks back then. Back right. then it was no ebooks, but that man would be on every night because I had insomnia from being depressed. And that man would be on every night in that infomercial and tell you if you buy his product, you get on the internet, you can make millions. And it finally clicked one day. I had a product. So why don't I get on the internet and find out how to sell my books? But back in 2000 to 2003, there was no education about The internet reading. was no. Right. Yeah. No one knew how to sell a book on the internet even like amazon was gray it was a gray website it was gray and yellow (laughs) i remember (laughs) and i was on there at that time and like i was trying to get people to you know click the link and you can buy the book and they were like what why would i want to do that (laughs) you don't have any with you You, right and like look this boy gotta eat (laughs) so it got to the point but i started learning how to do it before it was even popular right and then once it became popular i was like ahead of the curve and you know my my curse became you know a blessing to the point of then people were calling me up hey letting me know how to do those ebooks and how do you do them and i started learning how to i mean i was way ahead of the curve and it was so funny because you know during those dark times you think that I ain't never gonna now, get out of this Now were these storm. times really dark though? Like they the, were, and this is why I because asked I was that. blackballed a lot of times because I would go to a, a book signing. You know when you go to those vendors and everybody got stacks, stacks and stacks of books. Of books. Yeah, it's one of them coming and up I, in May. It'd be just like this table. It'd be like all cleared off, and I put a little picture of the book right here. <laughs> <laughs> and a little sign you can go here to get the book yeah. <laughs> and i just sit there and people be like you're not an author you are not an author and i yes right. i am an because author. being an author has nothing to do with selling a book right no but i'm saying like i wrote the book that's what makes me an author right and so. i would be blackballed from a lot of local events i would be like you know they'd make sure that i wouldn't know about any events or anything like and, that and that's, and that's crazy because of the fear of the unknown that's right. all that and was. it was like, it like, was how many of them people double back and ask for your oh, help oh yeah, all of them I every one of, uh, every, <laughs> every one of them you know and I you know I'm always you know God gonna get them karma karma gonna I let karma do her job so I, I, I don't believe too. I don't believe but I do it because I when I speak on karma I, it's always good yeah, because yeah, when people say karma, they want the worst to happen to you. <laughs> Straight up, and and, yeah. and and you were raised Christian, you're not a Buddhist, so that, the concept of karma, you know what I'm saying? Because but it if is you, a, no, it no, is listen, the thing though. is when you do something good for somebody, it comes back. Ten times, yeah, yeah. yeah. And if you I mean, do something I, the bitter, bad, you got to take the bitter with the sweet. You yeah. got like so, so. But next time you hear somebody, because I did this one time, uh, this girl kept telling me, "My karma go get me, my karma go get me." So I said, "Are you a Buddhist?" 
And she said, what? <laughs> I said, are you a Buddhist? She said, what does that mean? I said, then don't talk to me about karma if you don't you know, know that that's a Buddhist is, concept. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the karma from what you think maybe going to happen to me ain't going to happen. You, you might don't be even wishing something yeah. good on me. <laughs> right. Because I do so much good shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? The good guy Thank outweigh you. the bad. Thank right. You. So. Uh, so how do you actually get over this dark time and this depression? Like what? Because you said you didn't write at this time, right? right? So what did you lean on? Because like some people in this time might lean on, like, well, let me just write to get it out. Yeah, I leaned on. Well, a lot of I leaned on my mom, and I was going also through a divorce, and just being a single mom all over again. So a little the between t- two thousand one to two thousand three, I was a little overwhelmed with. You know, living in a one-bedroom home with three kids, trying to maneuver my way in the world, making only $9 an hour. That's no what it joke. was in 2000. <laughs> yeah. Like, people, like, take this stuff for granted. Yeah. But, like, if you if you lived long enough, you would know 2001, <laughs> yeah. 2000. It was a like, hard years, time. Yeah. It was tough years. And so, you know, with a car, without a car, um, things was going on Just in life. Detroit and stuff. So it was that. But then it was the fact that I needed a, a secondary income. And I knew I needed a secondary income that that benefit job was not paying and my mom just we were talking on the phone and she said look Sylvia you have a talent you have a talent to write and we figured that all I need was a extra hundred dollars a month if I had an extra hundred dollars a month in that third week I could get over the hump of that first month that, rent yeah, yeah, and that, all the bills that need to be paid. The you know? and knock you down. Constantly. Right. Because yeah. that, that's what, what hit me that first week with, bam, I'm back where I was started at. So she was like, if you could just sell $100 worth of books, then she said, just find a way to do it. And she said, just write more. Just get more books out there. So that's what I did. I just kind of said, okay, let me get another book out there. And then that's when I published the next book. Then I published another book. So every, it was usually between four to six months, I just started just publishing in a book okay now I let me realize. ask you this question could you break down what publishing a book actually means and this is why because you hear so many people say they want to be published authors mm-hmm. or they want their own publishing companies so one thing that i've been noticing and i've been hearing when african-american authors say they say they want a publishing company mm-hmm. right but then when you look at the big boys or you ever hear a white person talk or whatever they say publishing houses mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying right. so Obviously, it's a difference. Could you well, break I that down? Well, I did start my own publishing company where I bought my own ISBNs mm-hmm. and I basically found a cover designer and an interior designer and and put the book together. You okay. know, um, I've hired an editor to do my work and then I sent it off. I picked a, a publishing company, a printing company itself to publish the work. So usually I choose between Ingram Spark or uh, KDP, which is, we used to be Create Space back then, but it's KDP. So I choose between that depending upon the book and how I want to get it out. After that, I, after I wait for my proofs to come back, I approve the proof and then I set the book up to be sold. Okay. So so that's what a publishing company that's does. That's basically what now, a publishing company does. What would, so you could do that for another author? I could do I used to do it for other authors. Now I do in, independent empowerment sessions where I teach authors how to do it themselves. Okay. Because it become a hassle. Yeah, that's what I'm about to say. I can see it, it does become a hassle. And then it, it started to be more of me as a publisher than me as an author. And that's not why I got into this. Right, right. So when you set up the independent uh when you with, with with the author, what does that entail? Like, so say I come to you, I'm mm-hmm. already out 
the book is, uh, you know what I'm saying? I, I've skipped a few steps. Right. If you come to me, then usually your empowerment session is more about how do I get more readers to my book? Right. So we would set up uh, an empowerment session to say, okay, this is where you are and you want to be, you know, right here. Realistically, you would love to be up here. So we would set it up where, you know, we find a good marketing plan that works for you. What can you do technically? I want to know what can you do technically? What are you willing to do? Well, how much time you're going to do it? And what is your budget? Because I'm not going to give you a million dollar budget and you only got five hundred dollars. Right, right. You know, right. because then. I'm telling you to, okay, you need to send out all these press releases. You need to be right. contacting all these things. And you're like, well, I don't have the, the wherewithal right. to so do So how much would something like that cost? So usually I charge $150 an hour. Ooh, so that's a good price. It's a good yeah. price because <laughs> yeah, by the time you're done, you're going to be getting close to $300 worth of books to be sold. Yeah, so yeah, no yeah. matter what, we're sitting down. You're, I'm going to make sure that by the time you leave, if you follow what I did even a little bit, you should be making some money somewhere. Now right. let me ask you this. Do you read the book first? I don't need to read the book most See, times. See, stop, stop, But stop, I stop. do. I only take on a client. I'll do a consultation yeah. and then tell them to send me a one-page synopsis. So when they send me that one-page synopsis, it lets me know where I can take this book. Now, if I take you on as a client, knowing that we're going to meet more times, I do read the book. Okay, but so that's kind of like a, a buffer process. It's a buffer process yeah. because I don't just take on anybody. No. And then I want to... I. From that first meeting, I need to know how serious you, you are, are. Yeah. because authors will come to me and they'll have they'll have hundred thousand dollar budgets, but they aren't willing to do the work, the work to get to make more money. They just want you to just, oh, well, you take the money and then you do the work for me. No, it don't work that way, boo boo. Right. right. <laughs> and I think that's what the. Uh, that's a big dilemma in every industry. Like we just the money. We were yeah, just, yeah, they to just <laughs> not only money, but people. If you don't want to put the work in and you don't want to be anything, yeah. just stick to what you put the work in for. So what I mean by that, if you put the work in at work and you rising in the ranks and you mm-hmm. making it right. and you got like a what you deem as a nice salary, but you also have a book, you have to put that more time into that book or project mm-hmm. or whatever it is so you can stop doing this and this can become right. your livelihood yeah, yeah, yeah. or you just want to work. They don't want to do it. Right. I don't care what kind of budget you bring me. I can get you where you need to be, but it's up to you to do it. And a lot of times an author will come to me, have a great book. I mean, the synopsis is banging. I would love to take them on as a client. But as soon as we start to talking, it's like. Well, they see how much work it takes. Yeah. And yeah. They're, they're sitting back like you can tell them they're getting farther and farther away from the table. It's like, OK, <laughs> yeah. well, I see where you are. And, you know, I'm not going to take you on because then. I'm constantly, if I got to clean my shoes to kick you up all the time, you know, you owe me some shoes. Now, you have all of these titles of your own. What is your favorite book and who is your favorite author? My favorite author is Beverly Jenkins, and she's a Michigan favorite. She's a historical black uh, romance author. You love this romance. (laughs) She is This is a fatal attraction. This is a TV world fatal attraction. (laughs) She is amazing because she writes about uh, historical black experiences. Like, you didn't know there were black cowboys out there or it was black Bad towns and, and she would she brings those to life like real back. black cities Go oh, ahead. oh no you said black cowboys I said Bass Reeves yes. that's who the Long, Long Ranger, Ranger is, 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 is so not. she brings those experiences to life those American black experiences now how did you discover her um, it was crazy it was high school no it was kind of I was in college and I had skipped 
school. <laughs> like, a lot of skipping going yeah, on. Yeah, a lot of skipping Cody. going on. <laughs> of course. What college did you attend? <laughs> well, I was at Wayne, Wayne County Community at the time, and I decided to skip and go to the Novi Women Festival Expo. Oh, that's a good reason to yeah, skip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was actually in its inception, and I wanted to, like, yeah. just check it out. I was like, <laughs> I'd never heard of a women's expo before, and I was like, okay, what do women what is do this? at yeah. expo? Yeah. That's kind of interesting. So I came around the corner. I remembered as clear as day, and she was. it was the first time I had met a black author, number one, but a black author that, you know, was a romance, it was a female, and she had all her books just stacked around her. It was like seeing an angel because yeah. it was like, this is who I want to be. That's this actually is, a defining moment. Yeah, in your it was life. a really yeah. defining. And it was early in the in the conference day. I came really early before the crowd got. She stood there with me for at least two hours and just yeah. talked to me about, yes, you can do it. This is how you can do it. You know, keep doing this. She wasn't stingy this. with the information. She wasn't stingy with the information. And um, she didn't even know my name to boot. It was so crazy. Yeah. But she just poured out all this information and all this wisdom. She told me about how people were going to act in the business and she things get, so like that. So she really was giving you the so rundown. So she was giving me the rundown and from that day, you know, even when people told me, yeah, you can't do that and this won't happen. I was like, uh, not according to Beverly. She said I could. <laughs> now, now, have you met her later on in your career? Actually, it did. After I had written so many books and Motown writers and my network had gotten so big and everybody knew about it and everything, I went to one of her readings Meetings. And as soon as I walked in the door, she was like, oh, my God, Sylvia Hubbard is here. And I was, she was like, you are my Shiro. I was like, you're my Shiro. Oh, my God. So <laughs> did she remember talking she to you? She didn't know about that. She couldn't remember that moment. But yeah. she had heard so much about everything I had done in the, in the wow, literary community and how big. I had helped other people. And she was like, I'd never met you. But and I was like, yes, we did. We met. And I told her when we met. And she was like, really? That was you? And I was like, yes. It was like, oh my gosh! So it was. She like, get out of my face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm happy like that. Y'all had yeah, a moment, moment after yeah. you became. Yes, Sylvia and we Herbert, still keep in touch. Um, yeah. She actually helped my husband propose to me because when we That's went out big. to propose, my the, husband the one you got rid of, the one you, <laughs> no, the one no, I'm okay, married to okay, now. Okay, he okay. handed me one of her books because all my stuff got burned in a fire, and she I actually had a whole collection of her books signed, yeah. and the my favorite book got burned in a fire. It was no longer published, but she gave my husband one of her copies and signed it and then we were out on the pier at, at um, the Detroit Conservatory so yeah. we were out there on the pier and my husband handed me her book and I was like oh my god and he was like well open it up and I opened it up and it was like Beverly had wrote in Todd has something to say to you and then I was like oh and then that's when he proposed to me yeah that's, that's smooth Todd and I liked it too. I wanted to hear that story because she don't she doesn't she didn't even know like you're the person this two hour yeah. conversation changed, changed my, so much yeah. not only in your life because you said the detroit uh the motown writers the, the motown yeah, writers and we so about big. to get into yeah. that but she didn't know that's who she was talking to yeah and that conversation is what started like every it, it's always different sparks yeah but that the butterfly it just right. it just took hold of it and, and just let it go and that's yeah. like and she was able to appreciate yeah. that and then to hear like wait a minute we talked for two hours i, <laughs> I was nobody <laughs> 
right. in and the it, literary right. world, and that conversation turned she is this a into that was the best yeah. skip school story I've ever heard in my life. No, like straight <laughs> up, like when you think about it, like right. you skipping school actually, actually she just you, you just skip college, college but you got school that day, and it turned into this. It was it was a great experience, and I mean, it's a blessing that it's always a blessing when people come back and say how I touched their lives and how I helped them because you never know what you're doing to help somebody else and that's right. the best thing about being a human is that you never know how you affect people that, that is one is of the that, best yeah, things I guess I got being, being, being a human yeah. because yeah. It, I'm an animal yeah. uh, but you don't <laughs> no because you don't know yeah, you and, don't and, know it's, it's, it's something stories like that, like that, that. Mm-hmm. and she just talked to you and she don't know because you could have went home and forgot all about right. that but she you took just that buy my book and yeah. get out my face that's how she could have been you know right so let's get into the 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 network, the, the network. Motown Writers Network, yes. The Motown Writers, which I'm gonna be a part of. I'm telling, like, oh, thank we go, you. Uh, we go, we go we set up a session and yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah, we we are like we buy black. Yeah, we buy black. <laughs> like literally, because like I was telling you, mm-hmm. um, off mic, I had contacted all of these same type of yeah. networks and organizations because I feel like I have a purpose in writing, and it's because of my writing style, mm-hmm. and I feel like. Okay, like I talked to other authors and like I just said to you, oh, they did an announcement in the Publishers Weekly. You knew what that was. Like I say that to people who say they write books and they're like, Publishers Weekly. And I'm like, the Publishers Weekly been around since 1896. Like you you write, but you don't like. Yeah, they don't research. Yeah. It's kind of like you want to open up a candy store and you have no idea what sugar is. What? 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 Oh, I'm saying that to somebody today. (laughs) I'm saying that to somebody. <laughs> you go borrow that. I'm borrow that. You know what I'm saying? I, TM. I won't say that in no book, but I'm going to say that to somebody today. Soon as somebody say something slick, I'm saying that. You want to open up a candy store. You don't even know what sugar is. You know? Thank you. Thank you. So let's talk about what, what, what made you want to found these networks? Well, it was when I had come out with Dreams of Reality, and I was going around to author friends, quote, unquote, and then... um. They wouldn't tell me anything unless you buy their book, buy their course, sign up for yeah, their newsletter, yeah, buy yeah, this, yeah. jump through this hoop, go over here and help me do this. And okay, and tell you me I'm tell a way me better just... author than you will <laughs> right. ever be. And then I was like, so I, I, uh, I said, well, you know what, Lord, I need to find a way to, to get information because I don't like the word no. So I was like, okay, I got to find a way to get this information out of them without giving them all of me, you know, in return. So I picked up my journalism. I have a journalism background. So I was like, oh, everybody want to interview. Yeah, everybody (laughs) want to interview and they interview and I'd be like, okay, well, let me interview you for my website. I built a fake website called Motown Writers Network (laughs) and it had a subscription box and blah, blah, blah. I had little pictures of everything on there. And then I would do, you know, ask them all the questions. Well, how did you market that book? Where did you go? Did you have a contact person? (laughs) And they were like, oh, yeah, you go here and then you do this and blah, blah, blah. Tell me all the secrets. And it'd be like, wow. So when you seen that that approach worked, though, how did that make you feel knowing that if they were talking to somebody they considered a friend with some of these people, they wouldn't offer you that information. But to someone who's a complete stranger, Mm -hmm. they were offering this information free of charge. Well, it's a it's a practice in human human study. Um, As an author, we're often people watching anyway. So, 
I never take anybody as face value. I know you're not giving me your true face when you tell me no, because obviously I didn't get what I wanted out of you. I'm going to get what I want out of you, whether you want to give it to me or not. And as a person that loves to pull things out of people, it's fun. That's why people die in your novels. You're a murderer. <laughs> no, uh, so, like, uh, as the network started to grow, who's some uh, notable artists that came through the network? Well, um, we had, oh my goodness, we we even we had Vicky Stringer. We okay, had, that, she's from Ohio, right? Yeah. Got, what is that, had, Triple Crown? Yeah, we had Triple Crown. Well, we, no, I think she's from Detroit, right? Yeah, she had, start, yeah, she she had just started. Her, yeah, she had a start in Metro Detroit and then went down to Ohio, blew up, yeah. and that's where she stayed. Um, we've had, oh my God, Omar Tyree. We've had. Yeah, these uh, are names that, yeah. yeah. We've had um we had even oh my god um, Well we have you because Of course. <laughs> but we had so many it was so many it's thousands and thousands of authors and then on top of that I started putting it up online. I would put their, you know, interview online. I was true about that. <laughs> but I didn't expect people to subscribe. So I like a year later I'm at this event and then um this girl was talking to me and she was like, Are you part of any organizations? And I was like, No, I'm just, you know, nothing. I do Motown Writers Network. Work. And she was like, oh, my God, I'm a member, too. And I was like, there's members? And she was like, yeah, I just went and I signed up. And I started so you like, I got members. I was like, I got <laughs> members? And I went back on the site. And it was over 75 people had joined this organization. <laughs> that so you created to get information. Yeah. So I was like, oh, my God, I, got, I think I created something. And I went and bought the, the um, domain name, you know, and I hurried up and everything and kind of like organize the site even better and yeah. I was like they like always oh, finally getting some updates <laughs> you feel what I'm saying like oh did y'all see the site they got some updates and I started getting more and more people were actually talking about I wasn't even talking about it but people were talking about it to other people we would be at events and I'd be standing there well are you a member of Motown Writers Network yeah, I guess I am. Yeah. <laughs> and it took me even a long time to say I'm the founder of it, like to even recognize that that's my organization right. because it just it really started off as a selfish endeavor. Well, I, I don't see that, it I that like way. That was, I, more I, selfless, that was selfless, selfless because you like, knew what you had to do to get the information. There. Right. Yeah. And, and then like just even from talking to you, like you, the things you do are with purpose. Right. So that turned out to be this. Well, it's it purpose just, to make me happy. Right. Okay. <laughs> and make just make happy, other people make happy, too. Other people yeah. happy too. So how would a person become, a, the, the network is still up and going. Yes, actually we have over 10,000 members at Ooh. this time. So do you still do the interview with the audience? We still and do ship it out to the 10,000. Uh -huh. We still we do interviews so all members, even new members can come in and be interviewed and we still we release uh press releases. So if you have a new book coming out, yeah. if you have so literary So you got that news. email contact list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got that. So and yes, yeah, so we list. have like a 10,000 mailing list then we have and basically it's just coming in and still free to join. We are going to start doing like kind of VIP author memberships. It just depends I'm trying to see which way to go if I want to a wide scope or just a generic scope and then um, we plan on uh, well right now we have like uh, 3,000 in our Facebook group and you know uh, 12,000 following I'm, us <laughs> 12,000 <laughs> following us on Twitter yeah. and you know we have a huge LinkedIn group so we send those newsletters out yeah. and people love it because you know authors who didn't have that 
you know, those eyes on them. Now they do because libraries sign up for us and readers, book clubs, you know, we, you know, we're tapped in and it's kind of cool because when they ask me, hey, do you have authors for this event? I can basically feel events, literary events, because I tell people books are like jeans. They go with everything. So you should have a book at every event, especially in Metro Detroit when the literacy level is so low. Right, right. So um, what's the latest so book. our latest book is called Black's Innocence, and it's basically about a woman who decides she's going to have the perfect life. She saved up all her money. She she paid for her own $50,000 wedding. She's bought the best <laughs> what, what, house, she marry? cars, and she's marrying a lawyer and a lawyer, and she just she's ready to just be, be a controlling. wife. Be controlling, yes, but have the perfect life. She's planned for the perfect life. And then Tyler Black comes in and ruins everything. So Tyler Black isn't her husband? Isn't her husband, but he just destroyed. So she cheated on her husband with Tyler. No, Tyler destroyed everything. She took away, made her go bankrupt, just took away everything. And only got a fifth grade education. (laughs) No, he don't Cause that's, that's how it be happening. happening. <laughs> that's how it be happening, though. No, actually, Tyler is a lawyer, but he was yeah. after the wrong thing. He he thought he needed to get revenge against her because she was so perfect. He hates perfect plans. <laughs> oh, so Tyler sounds like a, uh, a hater. A hater. You oh, he is. Uh, he was. He so, he likes to destroy people. <laughs> how long are your books normally? Because my book is a novella. You know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, well, usually novellas are hard for me to write. I'm usually a minimum of 100,000 words. That sounds crazy to me. Like, okay, so a publicist. <laughs> So, Just in case you're, he doesn't know, a, a novella probably is about what fifty thousand. Not even like it's, 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 it's no, it's it's up to fifty thousand. Up to fifty thousand, yes. But so, what? Okay, so I had a publicist getting ready to help with the launch when we because my book just came out March third. Mm-hmm. Uh, Congratulations! Thank you. So. She had hit me back and said some people read it. They liked it, but they didn't want to review it because it was so short. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that really rubbed me the wrong way because I felt like, first of all, it's not the amount of words. It's the content. And if you read it and you liked it, say that in a review. Don't- you're talking like a, a writer. You have to think about the end reader. A, a real diehard reader mm-hmm. who is going to be obsessive about it. Like they love, they don't People even love they, they books. They love their books. They, they won't even stop at the table at vendor events. They just throw money on the table and snatch the book. They, that's how, and put it in. They, 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 they wagon. No, they got a wagon. <laughs> right, right, they, right. they walk around with wagons. Those are like, those are the scary readers, but these are the people <laughs> like when they review those books, they, Oh, I want, I want you to go. They, I, I want, want more. Story. But, but this I want is, story. But this is how I feel about that. I feel like every book is for a different occasion, right? So my book, right? I'm about to get on a flight and I'm going to Atlanta. That's mm-hmm. a two-hour flight. I could read my book, get off, and be satisfied with I finished the book and it's good content. Now, if I'm going on a flight to California, mm-hmm. per se, then I need 100,000 words or whatever because I got a longer flight. But these diehard readers, they can do that book. They can do 100,000. Th- 100, I've known them to do 100,000 in one day. Yeah, that uh, one of my uh, that, and lady. I just, that just, I just felt so. <laughs> I was. Why, I was why just would hot. you personalize that? Though? No, no, no. Like, I was just. You shouldn't uh, even no, take no, that personal. No, no. I didn't take it personal for my book. I thought about like other, other. Yeah, I thought about the other people. Like everybody don't. 
You, you, you they do me? it to me though. They'll say, "I'll do a hundred thousand and they'll be like, "Okay, what's next?" I just—it just, took me yeah. four months to come you out with that. Be like, "Okay, well, are you gonna be the next book in about a month?" No, right. <laughs> right. It took you a day to read it. It took me four months to write right. it. It's a, that's they a don't different understand process. that. They're like kids in a candy store. Yeah. They just want more sugar. They just okay. Let now, me could get you help more. a novella? Like, could you could you make that work or? I can make it work. I've done novellas before. Okay. It's hard, but it's hard for me to write a novella. Right, right. Because right. I'm... But, but you in that, you 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 kind of in that mold. Right. Yeah, you 40 books in. And then yeah. romance suspense 50. has to do with two plots going on at the same time. Romance so it, Yeah, so I can't just do romance in one chapter suspense. They have to be going mm-hmm. on literally at the same time. Now, before you start wrote a romance suspense mm-hmm. novel was that a category or did was, did or, you create that did it you create was this? it was a small minute category in terms of since it's not thriller and thriller is more like yes it's it's more of a everybody dying it's okay. no happily ever after when it's like a there's really no romance thriller because romance has to have love and no the <laughs> run promise if you say your book is a romance the one promise you must do no matter what is a happily ever after oh okay because that's what makes it romance that's what makes it romance so like a romeo and juliet is not a romance so stop calling it that's crazy we, <laughs> we just, just was talking to our it. other guests about that because he said like he read the whole book and he don't understand why people call that right it romance. is not a romance like, it must have that's one promise you must make to that reader when you say i wrote a romance it must have a happily ever after no matter what is um is the new book out or is it yes it's actually Blacks Innocent is out as an ebook right now and then we'll be doing actually we're moving paperback up since everybody is indoors so hey more money Smart for move. me <laughs> Amazon can't deliver <laughs> they can they still delivering actually uh, they are uh, I got yeah. packages yesterday <laughs> no no I, I don't want they are delivering books though okay, okay to, yeah. to readers they're delivering they're not delivering books to authors who order books. Oh, okay. and that's why Book Baby. Uh, uh, so even with the Amazon and the Book Baby thing, mm-hmm. I think that Book Baby is gearing up to be Amazon's number one competitor, even though they supply it's gonna be them. Hard. It's going to be hard, but I think it could be done because. Okay, so well, we actually seen this with the music. We seen this mm-hmm. with the music too. Uh, See, because Book Baby is not just a company that developed out of nothing. Book Baby is CD from Baby. CD Baby and from uh, uh, what was that? Uh, uh, disc maker yeah. and all that. This comes mm-hmm. out of a already yeah. a system. And I understand right. that because I've, I've been around for a long time. So I've seen systems turn into, okay, yes, we used to do this. Now we're moving into this. But if we break down Amazon and how he's in, inert into readers, not only do he have ebooks readers lock, stock, and barrel, no matter so what. So is that the biggest ebook platform? That is the biggest ebook platform because you, you get can a book directly and to them. You get point you get your book when you pay for it in point zero three seconds. No matter what, you can open up that book as soon as you pay for it, which is rare. Okay. You know, and then on top of that, he can he has the algorithm to make sure you are constantly reading books. Yeah. The Prime and the um, the Kindle Unlimited program is one of the best programs. I get paid 
like per page when I can get paid per page all you gotta do is turn the pages yeah. and I get paid I mean that's gonna make me like I see and I that nowhere. was that was other stuff I didn't understand but we had to talk about that in my consultation <laughs> but um so but well, I wait can a minute. what do you how... prefer though do you prefer ebooks or selling paper I mean selling physical well uh, ebooks most definitely because I can get my money I can I can easily make ten thousand in one month on an ebook because yeah. I, even if I charge just a dollar ninety nine I can get ten thousand dollars back easily because right. i know people gonna see dollar 99 and bam 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 let's click 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 yeah. here we go Not- whereas with paperback i have to do a lot more marketing and get a, a i want my roi back i want my return on investment back right away but i'm not gonna get that back for about three four months right right right, right. and uh, are you on any bestsellers list i've, I've had seven bestsellers yeah, we'll, we'll run down to seven <laughs> No, because people need to know. People need to know this. Like you, you. So that's a good. Be, that's good. It would be stealing innocence, and that's about uh, actually a man getting raped, basically. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Whoa, hey, you a violent person, like the West Side. Sure. Really you know. And you know what? I actually had to ask my dad how would I do it, and he had to actually help me build the bed in my head of how I would hold a man down. And I was like, Daddy, and he was like, Well, how much does he weigh? I was like, About two fifty. <laughs> right, he asking questions that you just didn't think about. Yeah. Right? He was like, well, how how tall is he? And I was like, well, he's about 6'2". Oh, he said, well, you got to build a bed about 6'5", with this kind of wood. You have to have a leather strap, and it has to be chained You sound down. like misery. What I was head? like, thank you, Daddy. <laughs> but that's good that like he active in what you do. Yes, he is. They've obviously to... seen this yes. in you. You know what I'm saying? No, I'm saying like, <laughs> like, like they are like, accessories yeah, to yeah. my insanity. Okay, so it was Stealing Innocence. Then it was Deceptive Nights, uh, which is actually a companion novel to Dreams of Reality. And then it was Stone's Revenge, which was my number two book that came back. Um, Dark Facade, which is actually about a secret society of sex in Detroit. And then it <laughs> are any of these novellas or all these full lengths? Um, these are all full lengths. Love Like This is a bestseller. That's a novella. It's about a man getting revenge against his ex wife. This is it's a lot of revenge, a lot of murder. Yeah, I know. I heard some rape here. <laughs> West Side. (laughs) And then there's Road to Freedom. These are constant. I actually love like this and Road to Freedom are constant uh, bestsellers over and over. Now, could you explain what a bestseller is? Because you hear these terms. Right. It's actually when a book reaches the top number one spot in the category. And sometimes it's just the top 100 spots that some people will count. But I usually say I'm a seven-time number one bestseller because I reached that number one spot out of everyone in that genre. Yeah. So whatever that genre that my book was in, I got to the number one spot or I got to the number one spot on Amazon. Okay, okay. So if people want to contact you about anything, about the books, about the network, about any of this, how would they get at you? Um, They would contact me, of course, Go to my website personally at sylviahubbard.com and they can also come and join the network at motownwriters.com. I'll give you a book. I'll give you a pamphlet so you'll, okay, you'll okay. get your own stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll know. I was, I'm going to call you. I'm, Do you have an uh, Instagram? Yep. I have Instagram. It's Sylvia Hubbard one YouTube is Sylvia Hubbard one Twitter is Sylvia Hubbard one And then just say Facebook is Sylvia Hubbard. So yeah, yeah, yeah. if you Google me, I'm number one. So I know that. I one, just, number one, number seven, one. number one bestsellers. 
straight <laughs> off the west side. Aww. You feel what I'm saying? And that's dope that, you know what, it's like the the, the, the story about you skipping college that day and going mm-hmm. to that women's expo, like, that's inspiration because we don't talk from a point of motivation because we don't have motives, right? And this is why we say that because you've never heard somebody say arterial inspiration. Yeah. You always hear somebody say arterial motives. So yeah. we have we live in an inspirational world. So like that story that, that inspired me. Like mm-hmm. I felt like wow. And then for you to come back around and see her again. And she yeah. like, wow, blah, blah, blah. And you yeah. like, well, I'm really just I seen what you was doing. Like yeah. and I took that in. And yeah. I think those type of stories are real but and true. Yeah, she gave me the insight. You know, she was like, Don't just be an author, be out there speaking and teaching other people. And that's what I do even now. I go out and I, you know, I travel the world and just be able to speak and teach and right, tell right. other people and even now my platform has kind of changed where I'm not just doing romance suspense or talking about writing and publishing and marketing but I'm also teaching parents especially single parents of how to create a mommypreneur uh, business with their kids and you know you can raise kids but you got to be making some money yeah, and you don't yeah, be going out on expensive. Woodward let's yeah. go and stop find, stop trying to find sponsors make your money you know make your money by doing what you are gifted at and doing right. it and showing the kids that they this can is do possible. it. Right. Because a game changer for any conversation when you talk in business, these are the words that's going to change the game for you. I have my own money. Right. Once you tell somebody that, the conversation right. is a different conversation. It's a different conversation. I don't, I'm not when wasting you have your that drip time. Income, yeah. Right. When you have that drip income coming in and you know, hey, this job is just a job. You just my benefits. I just need braces for my kids. That's right. all. Right. Or now, they I don't just really know need I got bra- something <laughs> coming up that right. these people will be my actual uh, readership or right. something like that right, depending right. on what job yeah, you get. and so. everything that you do the, you know counts and you incorporate it in what you're doing as a business you know and then I hate when people say well I'm going to wait till I retire and do it and I'll be like no start now build so that business retire. now so then you can retire but when you retire you're already rolling into something else something Plus I know greater. this guy who retired man and he uh, was out of work he retired had a party he was off for three days he died on the porch you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't just because you retired don't mean it's go your life gonna, go yeah. go. My grandfather 85. So what I tell my wife is, I got so much more to go that this next 45 mm-hmm. years could be so different from that first 37 that we don't even talk about that no more because <laughs> right. we put the work in. You <laughs> Not, know what I'm saying? Um, so we definitely. Uh, you got something to say before I say this? I was going to say, is the consultation over the phone or is it in person? It can be over the phone or in person. It's up to me or you. Okay. No, there's them questions people want to know because, you know, in this lifestyle that we live, uh, we come across people who say they want to do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And our gift in the world is knowing someone who does that and who's willing to help them. And because the, one of the people know us or both of the people right. know us, they respect each other. Because mm-hmm. if I send them to you, you can't make my name bad because why would you do that? Right. You feel what I'm saying? Because I'm not even sending somebody to you who I think, A, don't got the $150 for an hour consultation because I don't want to waste your time. <laughs> or B, who's not going to listen. Are you coming to give me my $150? <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming <laughs> you after you. <laughs> so we definitely like, like, I think you were supposed to come on earlier. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, because Cheryl been in, was handling, yeah, yeah, I've been in contact like with Cheryl, handler. right? So and she's doing a great job because she stayed on it. Because I was like, who? I just like you heard uh, us ask the manager or the artist, who else you got, mm-hmm. right? Who else you got? And then I was like, well, who do you got? That can, we on, I just, so I just break it down. We record on Sundays, mm-hmm. so who do you got that could come Sunday? So she, she, the first time she reached out to us, it was about you, but something came up. I don't think your know, Sunday was available or yeah. something like that. And then she was like, well, Cheryl available. 
mean, uh, she was like, Sylvia, available now. So he's like, well, let's get her on. Yeah. And then we did the research, and that's it's just perfect. how life yeah. works. It's perfect timing. He's a new author. Aww. You've been doing it. So many people came through something you started and went on to do great things. Right, like, so you don't got to sell it to us. Like, you, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, 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 we you. go probably be on the phone. Wednesday. No, this is not a joke. Okay, like, cool. If you got to open it Wednesday. Yeah, right. if you got to open it Wednesday. I probably do since I can't go to my workshop. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right, right. I say that. I say that. But we don't talk about current events. But yeah. So, uh, AJ, if they want to get at you. Uh, Instagram and Twitter at TCE Pod, at TCE Pod. If you want to be a part of the show, you can email us at PR at TCOHH.org. She's a testament that that email address is current and it works because that's how Cheryl got in contact with us. And yeah. what about you? If they want to get at me, they can hit me on uh, Instagram at uh, SL Jackson, a number three, SL Jackson, a number three. If you want to purchase the book, Animal Instinct, The Urban Jungle, you can go to wherever you get your ebooks from. I'm about to get this consultation so she about to whip me into a number one bestseller author because mm-hmm. them the expectations I'm putting on you because yeah. I heard who you said came out to uh, you know what I'm saying but I got my own money I'm uh, definitely <laughs> and bring you out to our second Saturday we meet at the Detroit Public Library I'll I bring you out too. there I so you guys too. can talk. I work a crazy schedule no, but we, we can get it yeah, yeah. We coming because that. we don't rely on when he uh when he's going to retire because this is going to make yeah. me live the life that I want to do so that's dope and uh I'm SJ. I'm AJ. I want for my brother what, what I, I want, want for myself. myself.